the Apostle Frederick Kaluluma podcast channel. Apostle Frederick is the senior pastor of the City of the Lord Church, and he has been anointed by God with a message that will take you deeper in your walk with Christ. We have the mission to bring hope to the hopeless, and we seek to build a community of believers founded on faith and walking in love until the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, if you would like to officially join the City of the Lord Church and get access to pastoral care, counsel, and one-on-one sessions with the man of God, fill in the form in the link below the podcast description. Now, here comes today's powerful word. It is your word. So grab your Bibles, pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick from the City of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed. But we're going to have a great time. Lord, where do we start from? Let's start from uh, the book of Ephesians. Chapter 1. Let's look at the apostolic prayer that Paul made. And verse 16. says, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Come on, tell your neighbor your name and say, this week, make mention of me. (laughs) And then what was the prayer? That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Like I say, this is one scripture that makes you want to read in Greek, right? Because you would want to read the spirit of Sophia and Apocalypsis in the epignosis of him. You would want that sometimes, right? <laughs> Next verse. That the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. Watch. And what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. I, I can go further and further, but I wanted to focus on that part. The riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. I want us to understand what the riches of salvation really are. It's a very big deal that we are saved. And I want us to understand what the riches of his salvation really are. Praise God. Romans chapter 1 verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God to salvation. I think a better rendering says unto salvation. That should be the King James. For it is the power of God unto salvation. 
for everyone who believes. To the Jew first and to the Greek. So it's the power of God and to salvation for everyone. Not for one person, for everyone. And then the next verse says, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed. So the rightness of God is revealed in the gospel. From faith to faith. Pistus to pistos. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Somebody say the gospel. gospel. Say one more time. And then it is the power of God unto what? Amazing, eh? So the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. We're going somewhere. That's why we preach this thing. Now, I want us to look at that word salvation from the Greek. Now in the Greek, the word salvation is the word soteria. Soteria. Esoteria. S-O-T-E-R-I-A. Soteria. Now for those who are wondering, um, pastor, how come sometimes we have to go to the Greek and the like? It's because the words in English can be very limited. You can have the same word used to express five different things and yet if you read it from its original text you would understand what the writer is talking about. So the words in English sometimes can be very limited. So the Greek for salvation is the word soteria. And if you want to understand how the words in English can be limited sometimes just compare your local dialect to English. You will notice that there are some words that you feel English doesn't do well. Let's be honest. Chifukushi and frustration. I think Chikonko. How do you translate that? No, tell me. There's no word that can properly describe. So sometimes it's like that. So there's the Greek word soteria. And then when it's used in past tense, it's the word sozo. S-O-Z-O. So in case you're looking for a new nickname, okay, we've got nicknames a lot in this church. So one of you can be Lady of Sozo and, 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 and the other one can be Man of Soteria. So we've got the word Soteria, which is salvation, and Sozo, which is saved. Let me give you two examples. Titus 2.11 For the grace of God that brings Soteria has appeared to all men. The grace of God that brings soteria has appeared to all men. Let's use sozo in an example. Acts 4 and verse 12. Acts 4 and verse 12. It says, Nor is there soteria in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be sozo. Guys, come on. (laughs) Are we together? So salvation is soteria and then saved is sozo. So let's read it and let's add the Greek there. One, two, three, go. Nor is there soteria in any other. For there is no other name under heaven given among men 
by which we must be sozo. Praise God. Not I should now hear it in your tongues. Sozo, sozo, soteria. There was an intercessor. There was an intercessor I knew. The guy was like, now let's pray for open doors. And then the, the tongues would change according to the prayer point. Do, 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 do. Now we want cars in this church. Ka, 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 ka. So. Okay. <laughs> Praise God. So, no is there soteria in any other for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be sorted. Those who are watching in the viewing centers, those who are watching in Kawe, um, those who are watching in Livingstone, those who are just watching wherever you are, the Lord bless you. I acknowledge you. Those who are listening to this podcast, some of you missed church when you shouldn't have. You are listening to this on Tuesday right now. This Sunday, I better see you. Others who are listening to the podcast just by virtue of listening, God bless you. Those watching from the virtual church, God bless you. <laughs> Praise God. No, do you know that there are certain things that don't command a blessing? Can I give you an example? Do you remember when Thomas said, unless I put my finger, I won't believe. When Thomas put his finger and then he says, my Lord, my God, Jesus said, you believe because you have seen. But blessed are those who have not seen yet they've believed. Thomas didn't get a blessing for that. So, let's continue. Now, the word soteria is very interesting. My wife can bear me witness. I've been, I've known this word for a while, but I decided to restudy it this week. And I haven't, my, my challenge has not been what to preach. It's been what not to preach. Because I got to discover that it's it's not like it's like a compound word that has so many things within it. You can literally find about thirty meanings or thirty implications of the word, and you see it used so many times. Now, this word, let me just say it, and I don't mean it um, in a negative sense. This word is even richer than the term "born again." There's a reason why born again is mentioned twice. Right? In the New Testament, how many times do you find the word born again? Twice. Jesus mentioned it. Peter mentioned it. And then salvation. In the New Testament alone, I think it's about 45, right? The reason being is this. It's beyond just being born again. It's what you're born again into. And also what you were born out of. So that's why you find, when I say it's a richer word, I mean it encompasses even being born again. So, we've emphasized it and it's very necessary that we have. But now we also need to emphasize what it really means when you've been saved. Salvation is not a behavioral change program. Some people treat salvation like a behavior change program. Like, so get saved, stop doing this, that, stop doing this, stop doing that, stop doing that, then you're saved. Those are like, if you have to check from Hebrews 6, that's repentance from dead works. Those are the baby stages. 
That's one plus one is two. It goes deeper. So let's look at that word salvation. Now, rather than focusing on semantics, I want to focus on the richness of this word. So we'll be calling it the salvation package. And we'll look at a few terms. Now, most of the terms are not isolated. One connects to another, which connects to another, which means part of the other, which gets part of the other, and the like. So, even as I teach them, I'm not trying to isolate them. I just want us to appreciate the richness of it. Now, remember that all these things were accomplished by the birth, the life, the death, the resurrection, and the ascension of the Lord Jesus. And he's one day coming back to complete the final day of salvation. How many of you have heard of the word atonement? When you are reading the scriptures, how many of you have found the word atonement? Now, I'll tell you the kind of church that I want. I don't want a church that gets confused when they hear words. That's why people get deceived sometimes. They are blown away by any wind of doctrine. Someone can just come and say, "Um, I am seeing a grace of atonement on your life. (laughs) You are a chief atoner. and, 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 And you find... And I'm telling you... Guys, if you knew some of the things I've seen before, I've I've been in ministry for some time. (laughs) There are some things I don't talk about. It's a meeting I attended. I'll keep it to myself. Okay, maybe I'll share. (laughs) How I found myself there, I thought I was going there to preach. I didn't know that that was the way of getting family members to be part of the, like, I don't know, some family deliverance of some sort. And people were being fed cooking oil. Like people have been made to drink oil. Like the pastor was passing through everyone and then they were drinking. Now I say thinking of the cholesterol levels and stuff like that. <laughs> so have you ever snuck out? Like you find like a clever way, like when it's almost your turn. <laughs> Just realize there's something that you need to do. And the teaching was shocking. What did I hear that day? You have to be praying for your dust bins, because when witches are moving in houses, they use the dust bin. I say, hey. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we need to become knowledgeable about a few things. Otherwise, according to Ephesians, if you're not knowledgeable, that's Ephesians 4, you'll be blown away by every wind of doctrine. Whoever comes says this, you go for it. Whoever comes says it should like this, you'll go for it. So the first part of salvation that we'll look at is atonement. We'll call it the atonement package. The word atonement is used a lot in the scriptures. You cannot not know it. Atonement. Okay. To atone means to make amends for something that has been done wrong. Leviticus 9 verse 7. And Moses said unto Aaron, Go unto the altar and offer your sin offering and your burnt offering and make atonement for yourself and for the people. Offer the offering of the people and make atonement for them as the Lord commanded. So what would happen in the Old Testament is for every year you've got this, you have to bring this gift because that gift is atoning 
for what you've done wrong. So to atone is to make amends. Like, okay, fine, you did this wrong, but because you've made uh, amends, we'll excuse you. Have you ever... An example is penalty fees. Penalty fees. If you've ever... Maybe you are driving and you broke a rule, I'm sure all you well-meaning citizens immediately ask for a receipt book and then you go and deposit in the bank, right? I'm pretty sure that's what you do. I, 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 you're not that kind who removes a 50 kwacha and stuff like that and does things privately. As well-meaning citizens, I'm very sure you are torn for those errors the right way and even collect a receipt. Why isn't the amen loud? <laughs> yeah. That's an example of an atonement, which is, okay, you made this error, but you've atoned for it by paying this amount. I don't know if somebody's getting my point. Or maybe if a person is in school and then they they don't meet the target for the date of registration. Sometimes they'll be charged late registration, right? That fee, whether it's 200 kwacha or 300 kwacha, is a way of punishing you to make amends for the fact that you're negatively influencing their budget by paying late. So when you pay that fee, it's forgotten. They will come and give everybody the same exam. They won't say those who paid late... Um, your exam is slightly harder. No, because you are toned. You are toned for that error. I don't know if you are getting my point. It means if it's the driving example, when they check the system, they won't find your license to be maybe blocked or something like that because you are toned for whatever error you may have made on the road through paying some money. Atonement. Atonement. Now, we must understand the following things, and you'll see some of these in the Diamante for next week. Man had the following problems when it comes to sin. One, man was due to receive the wages of sin. Sin, sin like every other master, has got a pay that it gives. Sin has got wages. And you know what its wages are, right? What's the wages of sin? Death. So man was due to receive the wage of sin. That was the problem man was in. And that is why, even in the Old Testament, for man to be forgiven, something had to die. Something had to die. An animal had to be killed or something like that. And the sins would be covered for a period. So man was due to receive the penalty of sin, which is death. Secondly, and you can find that in Romans 6.23, man was due to receive the wrath of God due to sin. Because sin also attracts God's wrath. You can find that in John 3.36. John 3.36. The challenge sometimes with how people preach the gospel these days is that they make it look like God is no longer uncomfortable with sin. He still is. What has changed is not God. What has changed is man. Let's continue. John 3.36 He who believes in the Son has everlasting life. He who does not believe the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. So man has this problem. We'll look at some of his other problems later. Among the problems, he's due the wages of sin, which is death. And then he is due the wrath of God, 
for the stuff that he has done. But Jesus at the cross made atonement for us. He made atonement for us. Let's look at Romans 5 verse 8 to 11. So at the cross, Jesus made atonement for us. He made amendments on our behalf. It says, but God demonstrates his own love toward us. In that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more then, having now been justified, we'll look at the word justified, I think, next week, by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Have you observed that? The wrath of God which is coming on the day of vengeance is not coming to us. That's why judgment day is not a scary thing for us. How many of you have ever, like, maybe when you were younger or so, when you heard about the rapture, it was a scary thought, right? The end of the world was a scary thought. But have you actually read the context of the rapture in Thessalonians? He ends by saying, therefore comfort one another with these words. So for us Christians, judgment day is so comforting. The end of the world is a comforting topic for believers. It's not a scary one. Let me say that again. The end of the world for Christians is not a scary topic. As a matter of fact, we comfort one another with those words. We admonish one another with those words. We encourage one another with those words. The end of the age is not scary for believers. So, we are being spared from the wrath. We've been spared from the wrath of God. And that's why in case you think the world is in trouble, wait until after we are gone. You know what it says about that period? It says people will mourn. They will try to die. Death will refuse. So no. <laughs> Remain. And it says what to those who will be pregnant in those days. No, that's what the scripture says because it will be tougher for them. If you know anyone pregnant, lead them to the Lord. <laughs> I met a pastor and I met a pastor recently and he was telling me the assignment he and his wife have and it was very strange but so unique. I, I, I don't mean strange in a bad way. So we, we had a conversation. So what he and his wife do is they targeted a particular school and then they planted people on the ground to hear rumors and then if they discover that somebody um, has fallen pregnant out of wedlock and the like, they try their best to reach that person and convince them not to terminate the pregnancy and then what they do then is if the gentleman is not being responsible they take up responsibility of buying baby stuff and the like. And then they work hard to try and mediate their relationship with their family. And a lot of them have now been raised into firebrand believers. <laughs> I was like, okay, that's not my assignment, but wow. <laughs> I didn't want to pretend it was mine. Why have I shared that though? Because sometimes you must understand the uniqueness of your assignment. Some of you, you might find you the grace that you just have for people who are on drugs. He said, when we try to talk to them, they want to fight. <laughs> no, 
I'm serious. You might find when another person tries to talk to them, they want to fight. You, when you just say hi, they start telling you their problems. Sometimes you can tell where your assignment is lying. As in the grace, you just have to encourage. Any other person tells them it is well, they post a status. Some of these Christians, they think just by saying it is well, things will be fine. You, you just say it is well. <laughs> they even post you. Lord, I thank you for bringing that person in my life. <laughs> Why? Because that grace to encourage is strong. So let's continue. <laughs> let's go. Much more then. Let's go back. For me, there are certain unique things I can tell about my assignment. But I won't say them now. I know them deep inside. I know them deep, deep, deep inside. It doesn't make logical sense that I was 17 years old and everyone was calling me father. It's an assignment. Much more then, having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Let's continue. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God, we'll talk about reconciliation soon, through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Let's go on. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received Give me the King James for verse 11. And then I want us to read it together. One, two, three, go. By whom we have now received what? Come on, say I have received the atonement. That means... You're not owing God. That means there are some people right now who may be in a phase where they think I need to do a thousand good things to make up for the thousand bad things. It doesn't work like that. Nothing you could do could pay back. The Lord Jesus already paid. So now you do good things because you're good. You're not trying to pay him back. You're not trying to make up for it. It's not possible. You didn't have what it takes to make up for it. Jesus made up for it. Because none of us could pay it. Let me show you. Look, this also removes self-righteousness from you. Luke chapter 7. Look at verse 36. Luke 7. Then one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him. And he went to the Pharisee's house and sat down to eat. I've always said this. Jesus Jesus what? Never rejected invitations to eat. I don't see a single scripture where he rejected invitations. <laughs> How about to say I'm my father's child? So <laughs> let's go to the next verse. Even Pharisees could invite him. He didn't mind. He knew his assignment. So let's continue. And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner when she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster <laughs> flask of fragrant oil. Uh-huh. It's okay. <laughs> and stood at his feet behind him, weeping. And she began to wash his feet with her tears. Now, there are two schools on this. 
Some people think that she was crying so much that she washed his feet. Yeah. <laughs> there is another school which I agree with, which shows that the people in this time would, I don't know how they used to do it, but they would store their tears in a bottle. So every time they are crying, they've got a bottle for crying. <laughs> and so on that day, it's like she was pouring out her life on him. So she poured that. That's, that's how come she could wash his feet. I, otherwise, how guys? How, how, how? Like, ah! <laughs> I know some are graced. <laughs> ah, I'm telling you guys. <laughs> and you know, there are times I admire. Have you ever had a moment in worship where you're like, okay, this moment, I'm just feeling so emotional about God. I just want to cry out to Him. You're trying to force the katia. It's here. <laughs> and then you're looking to your neighbor. Hey! <laughs> Oh Lord. Okay, let's go. Uh, no, back, 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 back. And wash his feet with her tears and wipe them with the hair of her head, her glory. And she kissed his feet and anointed them with fragrant oil. Now, you must understand that in this period of time, they used to walk a lot. It was a desert period. So the worst thing you could do is touch somebody else's feet. That's why the disciples were shocked when Jesus washed their feet. Because that, you, you don't do that in that day. And she kissed his feet. And we are not shown any scripture that because he was God, his feet were always clean. It seems to me that we don't know what he may have stepped on. And she anointed them with the fragrant oil. Let's go on. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he spoke to himself saying, this man if he were a prophet would know who and what manner of woman this is, who is touching him, for she is a sinner. How many times have we heard this? I remember when I was in my third or fourth year, um, there's somebody I had been preaching to from first year and they finally started listening in third or fourth year and so what she would do is that she would before class because my preaching sessions were before class um, if the lecturer takes 15 minutes just know if you're next to me we've got a 15 minute session <laughs> so in we had like one or two classes together so she would like save me a seat so that I could preach so one time she says, um, I think I think I should stop doing that because uh, people are talking. They're saying, hey, how can somebody as holy as Fred be seated next to somebody like them? I said, please save me a seat in the next class. Here's the thing. Never be ashamed of who you're ministering to. Otherwise you'll doubt your own words. I would rather, listen, I would rather somebody mocks me that I'm ministering the word to somebody they don't think is qualified to hear it than please a hypocrite because that's what they are. That's being a hypocrite. What's the whole point of preaching the gospel if we're not going to be proud of the people we preach to and if we won't be proud of what they become? Even if the person was known as a senior ABCD, we should be proud to say this is now this is my brother in the Lord. This is my sister in the Lord. 
Go knock at their boarding houses this week and say, I'm looking for sister. And then they say, that one is sister Shadi. You're like, yes. That one is a fiery believer. We, <laughs> we do church together. I don't know if somebody is hearing me. I, I had another example. When we studied Wem Onza, we had different people ministering in different areas. These are in the praise team. These are in this. These are in this. So someone approached me and said, I, I can't come for your meetings. I said, why? Because that person who's singing in front, um, one of the people who was in the praise team, we used to drink together. So if I come and then I hear them singing, I said, I would rather, please don't come for the meetings. You're a hypocrite. Then you don't believe a person can actually get saved. So what? I should put them in a corner because they used to drink with you. They shouldn't give incense to God because they used to, to please. No. Listen, some of you here have been holding yourself back because maybe you had a reputation somewhere or maybe you think you're not holy enough or maybe you think you're not godly enough. Let's look at the scriptures. Or maybe you're allowing somebody else to hold you back. <laughs> Let's go on. So, Jesus answered and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. It seems Simon was a common name. Eh? So he said, teacher, say it. <laughs> Let's go. And then he says, There's a certain, there was a certain creditor, I might change the currency, who had two debtors. One was owing 500 billion US dollars. The other, 50 billion US dollars. The next verse will remove all self-righteousness. And when they had nothing with which to repay, he freely forgave them both. Meaning, whether somebody else did level 59 of wickedness, and the other one did level 1.5 of wickedness, neither could pay back. None had the ability to pay back. So it says the creditor freely forgave them both. So the atonement doesn't have a limitation. The same way he atoned for you. He atoned for somebody else. He atoned for somebody else and he atoned for that other person. Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus made atonement before God. He made amends. We're not owing God. So you can approach God not feeling like you owe him for your sin. Wow. Somebody say glory. glory. Can I continue? So he paid the wage of sin, which was death, by dying. And he satisfied the wrath of God by taking up the punishment. Isaiah 53 verse 5 says, For he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement. You know what the word chastisement means? The punishment. So it's the punishment of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we were healed. So Jesus received the punishment on our behalf. Glory be to God. Somebody say thank you Jesus. Just say it. Thank you for making atonement for me. Here is the second one. Forgiveness and forgetting of sin. We're going to look at a few scriptures on this one. 
Romans 4 and verse 6. Romans 4 and verse 6. Just as David also describes the blessedness of the man to whom God imputes righteousness apart from works. We'll talk about righteousness soon. You can see we've got a whole package for you, right? Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Wow. Makes sense. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord shall not impute sin. Let's continue. Psalm 103 from verse 1 to 3. Ladies and gentlemen, allow this to bless you. Allow this to bless you. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. I should have just shut down the projectors and just allowed the prayer minister to quote the scriptures. eh? (laughs) So, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all my inmost being, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Don't you dare forget them. And what does it say? Who forgives all your iniquities who heals all your diseases. The freedom of knowing you are forgiven. Do you know how strong that word is? That there are some people who are paralyzed and all Jesus said is your sins are forgiven and even the paralysis left. Haven't you seen that in the scriptures? The freedom of knowing your sins are forgiven, I'm telling you. Psalm 103 verse 10. Maybe let's read from verse 7 up to somewhere 12. You should just memorize the whole Psalm 103. It says, He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the children of Israel. What were his ways? The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in mercy. Let's go on. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. Uh-huh. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. Uh-huh. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy towards those who fear him. Uh-huh. As far as the east is from the west, so far he has removed our transgressions. From us. Wow. Wow. Like from the east to the west. That's the distance. He's not dealt with us according to our sins. So in case there's somebody here. You're born again now. But you're thinking you're undergoing a punishment for something you did before. That's Satan trying to use that to attack you. That's Satan trying to use that to attack you. God already punished Jesus. It would be unfair for him to bring it on you. I hope you now see why we why 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 we overpraise him, why we overworship, and yet it's still not enough. Because what he did for us, ladies and gentlemen, so surely a one hour worship session is not a big deal, right? 
Surely a hundred minutes of prayer is not a big deal. I've got a question for you. And this is the sometimes challenging part. If a message from heaven came and you were taught that imagine you had never heard the gospel and so if you were taught that for everything that you ever did and all that stuff if you want everything to be forgiven you must before you die you must find a period where for seven days and seven nights you will not eat and in those seven days and seven nights you read you have to memorize 200 verses and after those 200 verses you have to sell everything you have and give to the poor and after you do that you must run a marathon race of 3 kilometers is that too short you must run a marathon race maybe even a longer one than that and then if you do that and you do it well there is a chance you will be saved now would have happened rather than having churches these would have been fitness centers so would have been like all training for the marathon but to be fair who would have all at least attempted to do it you find before a person dies you would have had at least three four attempts before your successful one would even admire those who've managed unfortunately that's what some of our brothers in the Eastern religions subject themselves to. There are some who found ways to drain their body of water so that and then they perform this ritual where they are buried alive. And if after is it a hundred days they find that their body has not rotten then they'll mummify that body and put it in a temple and they'll be considered as they achieved enlightenment. And then for us, somebody came, ran the race, did the marathon, took the punishment and did it all for us. Wow. Wow. That's why none of us can boast. None of us can say, I'm more saved than you. We can't even say I'm more righteous than you because it came as a gift. Praise God. Why did I mention that example? Because if God had asked for a complicated thing, would have easily wanted to do it. But how come some of us have challenges when he, what he has asked for is very simple? How can you not respond to the otaku after this sermon? What, what would you wait for? Oh, they will look at me. No. Some of them have been thinking I've been a believer for the last 20 years, can't she? No, no. Who cares about that? Turn to your neighbor and say glory. glory. Now we're looking at forgiveness of sin. Let's just write, let's just have two or three more verses. 1 John 2 verse 12. 1 John 2 verse 12. I write to you little children because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. Okay. Colossians 2 verse 13. And you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all 
trespasses. Ladies and gentlemen, there is no trespass that God has not forgiven. You'll see as we go on. Let's look at Hebrews 8 verse 12. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins. No, we'll we'll come to that. First, let's just look at that forgiveness. You've been pardoned. You're forgiven. That's what comes with the salvation package. Forgiveness. It doesn't mean the wrong is no longer wrong, but it means it's forgiven. It's forgiven. Now, the next dimension of it, which I believe only God can fully do, is the dimension of forgetting. I've got a question for you. I've got a question for you. When you read from the Old Testament, when it comes to faith, does Sarah really inspire you? What do you remember about Sarah? Tell your neighbor. I'm curious. No, talk about Sarah from the Old Testament. What do you remember? I want you to give me one inspirational scripture when it comes to faith. I can tell you what I remember. Should I? Okay. But by the way, I don't mock her because I think we've all been there. But let's go to it very quickly. Plate, great is your mercy, your loving kindness towards me, your tender mercies I see. Day after day. Come on, join the chorus, everyone. Forever faithful. Genesis 15. You're always providing for me. Great is your mercy towards me. Wonderful. Now, Genesis 15, verse 1. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abram, I'm your shield. You're exceeding a great reward. Next verse. But Abram said, Lord God, what would you give me seeing I go childless? And the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. Uh huh. Then Abram said, Look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is myself. Uh Uh-huh. No offspring. Yeah. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him saying, this one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Next verse. Then he brought him outside and said, look now towards the heaven and count the stars that if you are able to number them, and he said to them, so shall your descendants be. Verse 6. And he believed in the Lord and he accounted it to him for righteousness. Chapter 16. Chapter 16. One chapter later. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children, and she had an Egyptian maidservant whose name was Hagar. Uh-huh. 
So Sarai said to Abram, See now, the Lord has restrained me from bearing children. Please go into my maid. Perhaps I shall obtain children by her. And Abram believed. He heeded the voice of Sarai. So that's the first thing we see. She added to the word of the Lord. In short, they attempted to help God fulfill his word. That's Genesis 15. Afterwards, she even tried to send them away. (laughs) Then, in chapter 17, God appears before him again, gives him his covenant again. Okay? And notice, in verse 5, he says, No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham, for I have made you father of many nations. Praise God. And if you keep reading, in verse 15, God said, As for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah will be her name. And I will bless bless her, and I will also give you a son by her. Then I will bless her. And she shall be a mother of nations. Kings and peoples shall be from her. Notice how he treats Sarai. He doesn't treat her as her previous actions had deserved. Then, let's continue. Then, Genesis 18, the Lord appears again to Abraham. That, and, and you know something that, I'll tell you something I admire about Abraham. The honor that he had for words. I'm saying that because there are times, even myself, I've been tempted have you ever had moments where you keep like waiting for an answer in a certain area and all you keep getting are prophecies? That's what Abraham kept getting. <laughs> I have blessed you. I have called you. I have this. Like, at that point, he had more prophecies than results. I don't know if somebody is getting my point. So let's continue. Then Genesis 18 comes. And they have a meal. And look at verse 10. And I want you from the message. Just follow this. Verse 10. One of them said, one of them, the three that is, I'm coming back about this time next year. When I arrive, your wife Sarah will have a son. I'm sure she's thinking another prophecy. They even changed my name. (laughs) When I arrived, your wife Sarah will have a son. Sarah was listening at the tent opening, just behind the man. She was eavesdropping. Next verse. Abraham and Sarah were old by this time. Very old. Sarah was far past the age of having babies. So meaning now the issue was not just barrenness. It was worse. It was barrenness and menopause. It was more than just barrenness. It was a combination now. Let's go on. God said to Abraham, no, I think we've skipped something. Verse 12. Oh, it's just the message, right? God said to Abraham, because Sarah, if you read it from a better rendering, says she laughed within herself. So the Bible says, God said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? saying, me, have a baby. 
an old woman like me. Next verse. I think this message has an issue. My message is a bit different. It's skipping a few things. Can I just read it from the one on my device? Okay. Let's go back. 14. Let me just read on the one on my device. So now, Abraham and Sarah were old by this time, very old. Sarah was far past the age of having babies. Sarah laughed within herself. An old woman like me, get pregnant with this old man of a husband. Then God said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh saying me, have a baby, an old woman like me? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I'll be back about this time next year and Sarah will have a baby. Next verse. Sarah lied to God. To God and said, I didn't laugh because she was afraid. But he said, yes, you did. You laughed. Sarah and God had a back and forth. (laughs) Now, that's the chronological account of things. But, do you know that the heavenly account seems to have a different version? The heavenly account seems to have a different version. How many of you are aware that the scriptures were inspired by the Spirit? So in Hebrews 11, God is now boasting about all his people who are champions of faith. And in verse 11, he mentions something interesting. Look at it. It says, By faith, Sarah herself also received strength. You know, sometimes my eye, I don't know, the projector, the lighting and the like. So if I read it wrongly, just correct me. I'm very free to do so. Okay. So by faith, Sarah herself after she first doubted and then she laughed at God and then she gave Hagar and then eventually she had strength to conceive seed. Is that what it says? Hold on. Is that what it says? It says what? It says by faith she received strength to conceive seed and she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Now, we are not shown what started happening in the heart and in the mind of Sarah. But I would want to suggest that probably she started analyzing, okay, God called this man. And then we saw this. And then we saw this. And then this and this. And said, you know what? The one who promised is faithful. And when that happened, boom! Her womb received strength. And she didn't just have strength to conceive. She had strength to keep. Because keeping and conceiving are not the same. She had strength to keep the child and deliver the child, an old woman like her. Now the interesting thing is that in heavens, when you'll be, you'll be shocked. When we're about to enter the record, when we're entering heaven and they're reading the history, the life history of everyone, you'll be surprised that some things will be skipped. Because God has got a gift that nobody else has, which is forgetting. In Hebrews chapter 8, it says, For this is the covenant that I will make with them. In verse 12, it says, I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and and, and, and lawless deeds. I will remember no more. Some people think that perhaps on that final day, if your life is being shown as a movie, you're like, hey Lord, what will they show? What they do not know is that you'll be amazed 
here's a person alive to God once. Perhaps there is a period where they went wayward. And then we're all waiting to see, okay, let's see how that one went wayward. And then maybe it's written the wayward days. And then we're waiting like to see some action, right? And then we just see a hand. Boom, a nail. Boom, a nail. Like, how come we're watching Jesus? Why? Because he became their substitute. He received their punishment. He carried their sin. We're waiting to see the next phase. Boom, we're seeing another nail on the lake. Next thing we're seeing. And, and then instead of us turning to the person and saying, wow, you are such a good person, we all turn to the Lord Jesus and say, oh, <laughs> you saved that person. Next person, same story. Why? Because the moment they submitted to Jesus as Lord, he became their substitute. Listen, Second Corinthians 5 verse 21 says, God made he who had no sin to become sin. He didn't carry it, he became it. He became everything that God displeased with. God, how best do I... Everything God hated came on him. And he satisfied the wrath of God. So that for you and I, he's our substitute. And then before we know it, the next part of the movie we're seeing is you saying, Lord Jesus, I believe you are the son of God. And perhaps there may have been errors along the way. But if you asked him to forgive you, the Bible says he is faithful to not just forgive us, but to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Here's why I'm saying this. Because I want you to know that in the kingdom of God, there are no labels. I don't, I mean, I literally mean labels, not rebels. Labels, L-A-B-E-L-S. God doesn't label you as the former drunkard. God doesn't label you as the former fornicator. God doesn't label you as the former prostitute or the former this or the former that. That's the, men do that, but that's not the way God does it. Do you know that when talking about salvation, by the way, you should be very careful with labeling. Let me show you something on salvation. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 16. You've seen verse 17 which says, if any man be in Christ is a new creation, right? Have you ever actually seen verse 16? Verse 16 says, Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. We don't regard people according to how their flesh was, but according to what the Lord Jesus has done for them. Ladies and gentlemen, in case you think that God sees you with a label of what happened in the past, that's not the case. That's not the case. Romans 8.1 says, There is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There is no label. No one can place a mark where God hasn't placed it. Paul in heaven is not known as the former murderer. He's known as Paul. Mary Magdalene is not known as the former prostitute. She's known as Mary Magdalene. Actually, probably the Magdalene is not even... Because Magdalene was a name that was just given to her by people to identify her. can't wait for that day. Imagine when God looks at you for him, it's written holiness unto the Lord. Like this one is mine. Salvation is rich. There are so many other things we'll look at in the weeks to come. I'll be patient. Some of them, I'll look at them on Friday. Some of them, I'll...
there is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. So if any of you has been holding back on serving because you feel your past, forget that. Let's just have one last verse. Somebody say glory. glory. Say it one more time. Glory. Say it again. First Corinthians Chapter One Verse Six Wow Even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you so that you come short in no gift eagerly waiting for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ Uh who will also confirm you to the end that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ imagine standing before God blameless because the blame went to Jesus (laughs) wow I've got one more question for you which I want you to answer with your neighbor. How long does it take for God to forgive a person? And what do they need to do to be forgiven? 20 seconds. Discuss. I'm curious. Especially if it's a big sin. And I'll use the word big subjectively. Guys, we're not discussing. Have a chat. Have a chat. Your neighbor behind needs a chat. How long does it take? And what? No one is chatting with you. Okay. Shall we? Find out. No one is chatting with you. Can you chat with her? If there is no one chatting with you, raise your hand. I come chat with you instead. ask it again for your final discussion. How loud, this is my question, please pay attention. How loud does someone have to pray? How many times? And what kind of face do they need to have for God to forgive them? Or something. Discuss, discuss, discuss. No one wants to demonstrate the face they need to have. Okay, what, what, what? So does your face need to be like, on that day you need to have like this face? (laughs) Lord, I'm sorry. (laughs) Or maybe do you need to spend a month thinking about it? 
Or maybe do you need to go and work on it? You know, sometimes someone will say, no, maybe I go work on ABCD. You already failed to work on it. You come before God because you failed to work on it. That's why you come before him. And then what if that time won't be there? Because what if he's coming back tomorrow? Tonight. And you want to spend a week working on it. He wants to work with you on it. And in Luke 23, we see one of the most amazing verses. Verse 41. Wow. 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 Next, uh, let's start from verse 40. Maybe 38 for context. And an inscription also was written over him in letters of Greek, Latin, and Hebrew. This is the king of the Jews. Uh-huh. Then one of the criminals who were hanged blasphemed him, saying, If you are the Christ, save yourself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Do you not even fear God, seeing you are under the same condemnation? Uh-huh. I sense the anointing strong. And we indeed justly for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Next verse. Then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come in your kingdom. That's all he said. I'm not sure what breath he had because look, he was being crucified. I don't even know what voice he said it in. Probably he didn't have time to start mentioning the sins one by one. <laughs> Because sometimes that's what we think. Sometimes we think until you say them all one by one before him, that's when you'll be forgiven, right? That's another story. Scripture, it says if you confess the Lord. It doesn't even say if you confess your sin. It says if you confess the Lord. That's for salvation. You should read Romans. The one in First John is talking about forgiveness. But when it talks about salvation, it says if you confess the Lord Jesus. Then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come in your kingdom. 43. Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you, after I take some time to think about it and analyze, guys, I'm the preacher and you're, you're literally refusing. Assuredly, I say unto you, after you work on it for the next one month, okay, assuredly, I say it unto you, after you spend some time in purgatory, that's not what he said. Assuredly, I say to you, today you'll be with me in paradise. Everything in, in just that one moment, the trajectory of his life changed. His life may have been coming to an end, but his eternity had just begun. Praise God. And there is nothing that means more to me than sharing this gospel to as many people as will listen. I would like to make an invitation for anyone who would like to come to the altar and publicly confess Jesus as their Lord and receive the forgiveness of sin, receive the atonement and everything else which we will teach on, receive the forgetting some of you may have even been coming to this church for a while. Maybe you even signed in a membership form. 
Maybe you accepted the church, but have you accepted Jesus as your Lord? Have you? Some may have been brought up in religious homes. We know a bit about the Bible. We know this, we know this. We know right from wrong. But when you're saved, you know it. You know it on the inside. Others may have backslidden. And if the Lord Jesus was to come back today, before this, it would have been a terrible thing. You have an opportunity to make that right by submitting to the one who made atonement for you. Now, I don't want you to be shy. There are some who think, what do people think of me? Who cares what they'll think of you? Not when you're receiving such a free gift. It says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is life eternal. And there's life eternal ready for you. There are others who may be thinking, I'll say it in my heart while I'm seated. As you're doing that, you're practicing for a Christianity of being ashamed. That's never a good practice. So if you'd like to confess the Lord Jesus today, or perhaps to come back home if you're the prodigal son who ran away, that rhymes. I would like you to raise your hand and raise it quickly. Just raise it. Raise it. I see the hand. I see the hand that side. Just keep raising it. Those who raise their hands, just stand. 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 Stand, please. Stand. Stand. If there is anyone who would like to join them, you'll come as well. Stand, please. Come forward. Come forward. Come, come, come. Maybe if there is anyone here and you know you've been in a backslidden state and you'd want to just be restored to the Lord, stand as well. Stand, 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 stand. Stand. If you've been in a backslidden state and you want to be restored to the Lord, stand. Come to the front. Come to the front. You've not come to an altar of judgment, but an altar of grace. Now, uh, NSCM, when you start doing the classes, everyone can come together, it's okay. When you start doing the classes, I want you to do an interview and then make a distinction between a restoration because we may prepare something a bit different. And everyone who is in restoration, they need to have a counseling session. We need to find out what went wrong. And we'll help them. Lift your hands, please. Say, Lord Jesus, I confess you as my Lord. Amen. Keep your hands lifted. Ministers, you know what to do. Change the song. Change the song. There are lots, so let me have deacons as well and, and, and the like. Everyone being prayed for. Everyone being prayed for. 
and then if there are still two if there is still need for more you get me a cell leader or two or something everyone must be prepared for right now thank you lord jesus thank you I give you glory Lord Jesus. I give you glory Lord Jesus. I give you glory. Um I give you glory. I give you glory. Thank you Lord Jesus. Everybody else lift your hands now. Let's take a moment and just appreciate the Lord of our salvation. Thank him for your salvation. Give him glory for saving you. Give him glory for saving you. I bring to you what is due, O oh God. I bring to you the glory that is due to your name. I bring to you the glory that is due to your name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You are deserving of all glory. You are deserving of all praise. 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 Come on, offer him, give him an offering of words. We don't have much time. Everyone, give him an offering of words. Say actual words. Give him an offering of words. I give you glory. If you need to stand, stand. If you need to kneel, kneel. Whatever you need to do, let's just spend two, three minutes and just give him glory. I give you glory, Lord Jesus. I give you glory, Lord Jesus. I give you glory. I give you glory. I give you glory. I give you honor. Honor, 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 glory. Thank you, Jesus. And glory and praise, honor and strength. Worthy is the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. Now the words there are glory and strength. Glory and praise, honor and strength. Worthy is the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. I want to say those words. Glory and praise. Glory and praise. Honor and strength. Honor and strength. Worthy. Worthy is the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. You're learning it. Everybody, let's go. Glory and praise. Honor and strength. Let's go. Worthy is the Lamb of God. Let it build. Let's go. Glory and praise, honor and strength. Worthy is the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. Glory and praise. 
His honor and strength. Worthy is the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. Glory and praise. Glory and praise. Honor and strength. Honor and strength. Worthy is, worthy is the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. Start lifting your voice and everyone stand. Glory and praise. Honor and strength. Honor and strength. Worthy is. Worthy is the Lamb of God. Every hand lifted. Glory and praise. Honor and strength. Take it louder. Say glory. The love of God. Hallelujah. Everyone, you were the word at the beginning. Let us sing it. One with God, the Lord most high. Your hidden glory. Now revealed in you are Christ. What a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a beautiful name it is. Nothing comes. What a beautiful name is the name of Jesus. You didn't want heaven without us. You didn't want heaven without us. So Jesus, you brought heaven down. It was great, your love was greater, and what could separate us now? What a wonderful name it is! What a wonderful name it is! What a wonderful day it is, the name of Jesus. 
Death could not hold you. The veil tore before you. You silenced the boast of sin and grave. The heavens are roaring. The praise of your praise
Thank you, Lord Jesus. We honor your sacrifice. We honor what you have made of us. We give you praise. For you have made us kings and priests unto our God. And we shall reign with you forever. Amen. And amen. Praise God. Is the song I've been sung in a while? I don't need to play. Let's go. We can give our offerings. I see your face in every sunrise. The colors of the morning are inside your eyes. The world awakens in the light of the day. I look up to the sky and say, you're beautiful. I see your power. I see your power in the are in motion and galaxies are we stand amazed we stand amazed in the light of the stars it's all proclaiming who you are you're beautiful Favorite part. Let's go. Let's go. I have you there hanging on a tree. You bled and then you died and then you rose again for me. Now you are sitting on your heavenly throne. Soon you will be coming home.
for the anointing of the spirit which is present now in the name of Jesus I declare as a king that this is a week of miracles stubborn situations are given in this week stubborn situations are given in this week in the name of Jesus stubborn situations Giving in this week, stubborn addictions are broken, stubborn sicknesses go in the name of Jesus. I declare situational miracles in the little ways and in the big ways. Miracles, situational miracles. Everyone, everyone, everyone has a testimony. 
Everyone has a testimony. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I charge you all to enjoy the blessed life that Jesus fought for. I charge you all to enjoy the blessed life that Jesus fought for. And I declare in the name of Jesus, whatever is in your life that my Father in heaven has not planted this week, it's uprooted, it's uprooted in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for encounters. Thank you for visions. Thank you for purpose. Thank you for finances. Thank you for health. Thank you for preservation. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, Joe, five people. May his faith be Find five people.
you have been through. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. You can reach the City of the Lord Church on 0777-930882. If you are unable to call, you can email us on the City of the Lord Zambia at gmail.com or reach us on Facebook at the City of the Lord Church.